The British Columbia government thinks that referring to residents as British Columbians is too offensive and exclusionary. Pierre Poliev told reporters on Wednesday that female-only spaces should be protected from biological men who identify as women. Critics are concerned that the Liberal government's proposed online harms legislation will violate the free speech rights of Canadians. Hello Canada, it's Thursday, February 22nd. And this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Noah Jarvis. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. The British Columbia government says the province's own name isn't inclusive enough to use. A writing guide for Indigenous content published by the province's NDP government urges people to refrain from referring to themselves as British Columbians. The term British Columbians is often used to reference people living in BC. This term excludes Indigenous peoples who may not identify with it. For many, they identify as members of their own sovereign nations and do not consider themselves part of one that has actively worked to assimilate their people, the guide reads. The guide, updated on January 26, 2024, aims to promote a more inclusive language and avoid outdated and offensive terms. It provides recommendations for authors and communicators regarding terms to use when talking about Indigenous issues. Notably, It advises against the use of the term British Columbians, citing its so-called exclusionary nature towards Indigenous people who may not identify with the label. Instead, it suggests employing the phrase people living in BC to be more inclusive of diverse populations, including immigrants. Quote, British Columbians also excludes other groups such as newcomers and refugees. We recommend instead saying people living in BC. Furthermore, the guide includes a section on outdated terms to avoid discouraging the use of terms such as native, traditional, tribe, band, and aboriginal groups. Now, I'd like to uh, remind our listeners, this isn't the first time that the BC government has tried to control the speech of citizens. In fact, in 2022, it put out a sort of uh, change to official language and legislation where they removed 750 outdated gender-based terms, so-called gender-based terms, uh, including eliminating words like he, she, himself, herself, father, son, and aunt from the official vocabulary of uh, legislation and government documents. So, Noah, why is the NDP government in BC, I know you don't live in BC, but why are they so concerned with the words people use? Well, it's simple, Cosman, because words control thought. According to the BC NDP and many other uh, woke leftists, uh, 
if you use terms like British Columbian, well, you're actually uh, using uh, something like colonial language and uh, uh, the other words that they include in native, traditional tribe, ban, Aboriginal groups. Uh, these are all common, commonly used words that are not offensive uh, to most sane people, but because uh, perhaps they maybe imply something that the, the BCNDP and uh, the woke ideology doesn't necessarily uh, is in complete agreement with, uh, it must be changed. Uh, and the reason why they're changing these words is because uh, when you go about changing these words, when you go about uh, stigmatizing using very common language like a British Columbian uh, or a native or traditional tribe, then you get people thinking in the same way as uh, the woke Andy peers. You get people thinking in a, in a sort of oppression uh, Olympics uh, sort of way. Uh, using the word traditional uh, in no way, shape, or form uh, should be offensive. Uh, people talk about the traditional lands of the First Nations people all the time. And uh, First Nations people, they did uh, organize themselves in tribes and bands. Uh, and, you know, these are not uh, offensive things to say, uh, but... Uh, they're just going to replace these words with more overcomplicated language. And then in 10, 20 years, when that more overcomplicated language becomes offensive because it still implies the same thing as these uh, passwords that they got rid of, they're going to come up with even more uh, complicated language. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Saying British Columbian literally means people living in BC. Uh, so you know, once uh, people living in BC uh, becomes offensive, they're gonna, you know, uh, make some. They're gonna force British Columbians uh, to use term terminology that is more complicated. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why uh, the left th feels it so necessary uh, to change uh, these words when I think it is rather insignificant. But uh, the sort of insanity that. Uh, far left politics brings to people uh, is reflected in uh, this insane story. And I just wanted to add that there is a possibility that British Columbia will just entirely do away with the with its own name. Uh, the idea has been floated to change the province's name, and I think a lot of these uh, woke leftists in government take issue with the name British Columbia because of, you know, so-called colonial uh, histories and, and, and different connotations. Now, what's the likelihood, Noah, that British Columbia will in fact change its name? We've seen, you know, streets and different uh, schools being renamed, but what about an entire province? Well, I wouldn't put a specific number on it, but what I would say is that the longer the NDP stays in power in your province, uh, the more likely it is that, uh, yeah, British Columbia will be changed. They don't like anything British. They are not uh, proud of their British heritage. In fact, the fact that uh, uh, British Columbia was founded by the British uh, is a point to be ashamed of. And that's really something that uh, British Columbians need to push back on. Uh, erasing your heritage is not something that is productive uh, and will actually lead to unintended consequences. A story that we covered a couple of weeks back was um, Sikh radicals exacting violence on one another uh, based on uh, conflicts that they have back in India. That is in my opinion, because uh, there's no uh, over a sense of national identity in Canada. And uh, for British Columbia to remove their name uh, and to remove their heritage, to remove their history, uh, that is part of erasing Canada's national identity. And you're going to get those unintended consequences uh, from erasing our national identity. So uh, if you care about uh, Canadian heritage, if you care about uh, 
British Columbia's heritage, uh, everything uh, you can do to fight back against this uh, will, will be appreciated by the generations of the future. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev says female spaces should be exclusively for females. Polyev made the comments at a Kitchener, Ontario press conference Wednesday morning in response to a question from Rebel News journalist David Menzies. Quote, Will you make female spaces safe again by introducing legislation that bans so-called transgender women from participating in female sports and getting access into female shelters and female prisons, Menzies asked. Polyev responded by saying that female spaces should be exclusively for females, not for biological males. However, in terms of legislation, the conservative leader said that the majority of the spaces mentioned in the question were controlled at the provincial and municipal levels. Quote, so it is unclear what reach federal legislation would have to change them, answered Polyev. But obviously, female sports, female change rooms, female bathrooms should be females, not for biological males. Polyev's remarks come on the heels of the Alberta government's commitment to a suite of policies related to sex and gender, including protecting women's only sports and ensuring parental consent is required before a student under 16 could change their name or gender at school. So, Cosma, I think the tack that uh, conservative leader Pierre Polyev has been taking towards uh, addressing social issues that the conservative base cares about uh, has been a complete 180 from uh, previous uh, conservative leaders and uh, the sort of tack that they've taken. So, Cosma, uh, uh, are you encouraged by the fact that uh, conservative leaders are now more comfortable talking about issues of gender and uh, transgenderism? Well, look, absolutely. These are issues that I think a lot of people uh, on the right have been talking about for quite some time now. And it, it was just a matter of time before Canadian politicians just became brave enough to actually take these on. And it is, you know, I'll admit it is a risk, but it is a calculated risk that Pierre Polyev is taking. And I think it is proving to pay off. Uh, I don't think he's going to lose support. If anything, he's going to maintain the support of people who actually wanted him to be the leader in the first place and actually open up some support from others who were just simply too afraid to voice their opinion. And the fact is, we need to have a national conversation about these issues. You know, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has recently come out as saying, like, these issues are not important. He he claims that, you know, this is just a distraction from the things that matter. And I think, you know, there are obviously problems in this country. You know, we have the housing crisis, we have inflation, uh, but those things have always been on the table uh, uh, for discussion. We've always been able to talk about those things. But these issues, the cultural issues... Uh, things like gender ideology in school have not been allowed to be discussed. And that's simply because of our media, uh, our politicians, and gatekeepers in society who would much rather uh, have people ignore these things uh, and be ignorant of them uh, so that they can continue uh, going on in school and they, they can continue pushing the envelope further on society. So it was just a matter of time before, uh, you know, it broke through into the national conversation. 
You're right, Cosman. But I think one uh, comment that Polyev made will have a lot of people a bit uneasy about uh, his position on this uh, when he said that he would uh, leave this issue mostly to the provinces to legislate on behalf of uh, their constituents. Uh, I do understand his rationale there. Uh, provinces, they have exclusive jurisdiction over health care, and they also have uh, exclusive ju jurisdiction over local business, which would concern, say, female sports, female change rooms, and female bathrooms. Uh, so, Cosman, do you think federal legislation ought to be introduced to protect women from uh, biological males, or do you believe that this is an issue that should be left to the provinces, as Polyev said? Well, look, it's, it's difficult to say, right, because uh, on one hand, conservatives want less government and to introduce federal legislation will be kind of uh, a push in the other direction. And some people might call that an overreach. Uh, but it, 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 we can't simply just leave it up to the provinces because we have places like British Columbia. We have, you know, the potential of an NDP government eventually coming into power in Alberta and overturning all of this stuff. So there needs to be some uh, standard that's crystallized across this country so we don't have just like a patchwork of places that are open to biological men uh, to go into female-only spaces. What women's rights advocates have been calling for is for female-only spaces to be protected uh, indefinitely. And no matter what... It, that that needs to be the solution. We just need to go back to a time where women accessed women's only spaces, and that was it. Uh, it I mean, it's ridiculous that we have this problem in the first place. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The federal government may appoint a new ombudsman to handle public concerns regarding the Liberals' forthcoming online harms legislation, as well as a new regulator to monitor people's conduct on the internet, despite pushback from critics. Justice Minister Arif Virani assured Canadians that the new bill will be the right balance between protecting Canadians from online harm without restricting their right to freedom of expression. However, many critics remain unconvinced. Civil liberties groups had already taken issue with initial had already taken issue with the initial 2021 proposal bill C36 which included a provision that online platforms had no more than 24 hours to remove content deemed to be harmful. While speaking with True North's Andrew Lawton, counsel for the Canadian Constitution Foundation Josh Dehas said, anything that resembles Bill C-36 will lead to all kinds of legal challenges. It would not be constitutional to do something that extreme, to have $20,000 fines for things that you say on the internet that somebody finds offensive said D. Haas on The Andrew Lawton Show. We really hope that that's not what they come up with. 
If they go with 24-hour takedowns, that is just going to lead Facebook and other internet service providers to take down anything that could put them at risk or make them liable. So that would be a huge free speech issue too, and we would have to try and attack. Online platforms would naturally take a risk-averse approach when it comes to any form of contentious content, likely preemptively removing content before it gets flagged for being harmful. Now, if you recall Bill C-36, it also um, floated the idea that people should go to jail for things that they post online. And additionally, there was uh, some talk about essentially um, preemptively uh, flagging people for thinking about posting something that uh, would violate this so-called online harms legislation. So if somebody believed that a person was about to, you know, post some something they found offensive online, they could report them to the government. And this is quite concerning. I mean, it, it's it just creates a culture where people uh, are snitching on each other. They're they're monitoring what they're saying online and running to the government to uh, potentially report them and get them in trouble uh, and ruin their lives. So Noah, we're seeing this creeping, you know, totalitarianism and this creeping culture of censorship. What can we do to fight back against this? Well, Canadians need to do everything they can to ensure that this uh, legislation doesn't pass. That means uh, calling up uh, their MPs, their senators, uh, making sure that uh, their voices are heard on social media, on uh, the news media, anything they can to make sure that uh, the liberals know that this is undesirable and that their government will collapse uh, in an election if they go forward with this legislation. Uh, it, it needs to be done. Uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, this is Orwellian. Uh, the liberals, they're trying to uh, fine people or imprison people. And even if you're only fined, if you don't pay your fines, you're going to go to jail. So they're trying to imprison people, uh, use the uh, the power of the state for to prosecute thought crimes you know uh, if you think the wrong way uh, you're going to get fined uh, this is not this Canada that uh, our founders uh, tried to build in 1867 this is not uh, the Canada that we should aspire to live in uh, I, I see I guess the Trudeau liberals they see some of the craziness happening in the UK where uh, police officers uh, go to the doors of uh, their citizens uh, for certain things that they posted on social media perhaps uh, being too uh, pro-Israel on social media uh, or something like that. I, I don't know why the Trudeau Liberals find that to be desirable uh, and something they want to bring to Canada, uh, but it is very concerning. And and I think this goes even further than the UK's legislation. I think it's more akin to something uh, that you see in China. I mean, in China, uh, whether you're on you know, Chinese Google or a Chinese video game, if you type in Tiananmen Square Massacre, uh, 1988, uh, you get immediately booted off the internet and uh, a CCP agent will come and visit you. Uh, that's the sort of, that's kind of the sort of Canada that the Trudeau Liberals are trying to create. So uh, Canadians need to do everything they can to voice their concerns, call their member of parliament, email their member of par parliament, you know, uh, urge uh, opposition uh, members of parliament like the NDP, the Bloc, and the Conservatives to vote for this or vote against it. 
and if they vote for it, that their uh, support will collapse. Politicians, they are people of popular, uh, they look for popularity, they lick their finger, stick it in the air and see where the wind is blowing. And they need to know that the wind is blowing against uh, this online harms bill because it is authoritarian uh, and it is un-Canadian. That's it for today, folks. Make sure to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Also, make sure to check out The Andrew Lawton Show and Ratioed with Harrison Faulkner later today. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.